Welcome to the Healthy Hustling Podcast. I am with a good friend of mine today, uh, Chelsea Langley. She is the owner of Paper Plane Therapies, and she is an occupational therapist and specializes in pediatrics. And today we are going to be talking about some stress management techniques for children and parents both, and how you could use these techniques in your life, especially during this quarantine and while we're all kind of bunched together and a lot more, um, there's less, I would say, separation and, and uh, one and alone time for kids and parents uh, just because kids aren't going to school and everyone's in the house all together 24-7. So we're going to talk about that. And so first off, though, just want to give a shout out to a couple of sponsors that we got. We have Hyper Ice. So big shout out to Hyperice. They have their Hypervolt. If you've ever seen that, it's an amazing massage gun and it's a percussion device. So athletes can use this on themselves to help improve circulation, improve mobility. It's great for a warm up and a cool down. So definitely check out Hyperice. And there will be a code at the end for you to use and you can get 15% off Hyperice products. In addition to that, they'll also donate 15% back to the local gym, uh, local gyms in West Michigan. So some CrossFit boxes there. And then our other sponsor is Gentleman's Box. Gentleman's Box is based out of Detroit, Michigan. They are a premium subscription box service for men's fashion. And they are just doing a lot right now to help men feel good, dress good. Just because you're in a quarantine doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel good and dress good. And their most recent box is featuring some different uh, health and wellness things. Uh, it's got a yoga mat, a scale. They've got all top end products in there and just a really good product and an awesome subscription box service that they feature. So check out the gentleman's box for sure. And we'll be featuring a code at the end for them as well. So you can get a um, discount on them. And then just another, one more thing on gentleman's box. Uh, I've actually spoken with them and the owner, John Haji, and we are going to be, Gentleman's Box is going to be giving a certain percentage of uh, their profits towards a charity for mental health. So that'll be featured at the end as well. Um, so just some awesome stuff that they're doing, and it really goes right into with what we're talking about as far as mental health, and hopefully Belle doesn't squeak this toy in my ear the whole time. <laughs> Let's get right off to it. So thanks for uh, hopping on here, uh, Chelsea. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit. You're based in Grand Rapids, Paper Plane Therapies. Uh, yeah. Give us, I guess, the, your story. How did you get started with doing your um, own business with kids and everything like that? I love it. Um, sure. So I think, you know, we went to school together and everybody who goes into healthcare has this desire to help people. And um, we all went into different professions that do that in a little bit of a different way. And so I'm an OT and that focuses on um, people being able to do the things that are meaningful to them, purposeful for functional lives. And um, I really liked OT because it was kind of creative in the sense that you have to identify these barriers that stand in people's way of living the lives that they want to live. 
Um, so I went to school and I was really thinking I wanted to do neuro. I wanted to do um, like stroke and spinal cord yeah. and rehab. So people have experienced um, these really tragic accidents or um, are facing adversity with their physical health. I wanted to do rehab in that capacity. And my last internship was a pediatric rotation. Uh -huh. I just really, really fell in love with it. And so when I graduated, I started working in private practice and I worked there for um, about a year and a half as an independent contractor and just felt um, kind of a nudge in myself personally and professionally. I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I just kind of had um, this idea in my head of what what a practice would look like if I had my own practice, but I was really young. So yeah. I had like no business doing something like that um, in theory. And so anyways, I just found myself kind of wrestling with that. And this, this restlessness of um, feeling like I was called to do something different than what I was doing. And so um, I started seeing kids in their home, which is their most natural environment and building my caseload that way. And it was difficult because I was spending like six, seven hours in the car to see a sprinkle of clients and my caseload was building. And so my husband and I kind of um, had the conversation of like, we either need to go all in or like consider something else. Cause it just wasn't, it, it wasn't working the way that it was. And so yeah. we saved for a really long time. So if it like all fell apart, it would be okay. <laughs> um, and I opened my first brick and mortar and that was in 2000, early 2016 that we opened that. And then shortly thereafter, about a year after being in practice by myself, I had um, a speech partner um, want to bring her business so that we could work together because speech and OT and pediatrics really complement each other quite nicely, especially for the populations that we work with. Yeah, really um, and from there, we've just grown. So now we're at 10 or 11 therapists. Um, and what I love about the practice that we've built is it has this sense of intimacy to it where um, it's really small and it doesn't feel like some of the larger facilities and you really can take the time to establish relationships with these families. And so I feel like so many of those kids are like my own kids now. And like, I just have really, really great relationships with our clientele and our team is so invested and like loving on these kids really well. And so it just feels really personable. Um, and that's the way that we wanted it. We don't plan to get much bigger. Like we like the size that we are and we just feel like we're able to um, being in private practice, deliver these services that are, high quality and personable and not rushed. And it's just, it's just been a really good, a good thing for us. So God. that's yeah. how I got into peds. Um, within peds, there's different like categories that you can work in. And so we see a ton of kiddos that have an autism diagnosis. Um, we do a lot of physical disability, but my personal caseload is a lot of emotional regulation and trauma. So, um, you know, we're kind of facing this unresolved stress right now with the COVID-19 um, crisis going on. And so a lot of this, what I do for work is getting reframed for the situation that we're facing now. And um, you can't, you, there's such a huge correlation between your engagement and meaningful and purposeful activity and your overall mental health. And right now there's just a huge barrier put on our ability to engage in the occupations that we were previously engaging in for parents and kids yeah. and um even like the things that we can continue to do like some of our jobs that looks drastically different and the platforms look different and so it's just i think acknowledging that like if we don't have that ability to engage in really purposeful activity that 
um, we'd be remiss to think that there's not going to be an impact on on our mental health. So yeah. I feel pretty strongly about um, the mental health aspect of our our health. You know, keeping our bodies healthy, but keeping our minds healthy yeah. as well. I, I think that just in the physical realm, right? Like as far as like PT, OT, like a lot of people think of PT and OT as being strictly physical um, and yeah. about your physical well-being, but so much of it is honestly education and mental health. And there's such a strong mental health component that not a lot of people r- really get. And you're exactly correct in terms of like, when you take away someone, the things that people enjoy and they no longer can do it and they feel restricted. I mean, I would argue that everyone's mental health in this country has already been affected. And I think we've done a good, I shouldn't say a good job, but we've done an okay job of acknowledging that mental health is just as important as physical health. And we're starting to kind of make this turn into into how to how to address it, how to take away some yeah. of these stigmas and everything like that. And I think that's what I'm really excited to talk to you about is what are you seeing with, you know, is it kids more than parents right now? The families that you're working with, the, as far as, you know, any moods or mental health issues, is it both? Are they both being affected equally? How would you say it's affecting the families? Sure. I think, it, I mean, I can only speak to the the people that I'm currently working with and my own family situation and the people who I love, who I'm staying in contact with, but I think it's everybody. Um, the way that kids develop is they learn from the experiences that they're experiencing, but they're also learning from how the safe adults in their life are responding or adults in general in their life are responding. That's how they're going to learn. And that's how they're going to build this foundation of moving forward and knowing how to handle situations. Um, for grownups though, it's almost like we're kids again, because we've never experienced anything like this. We've got past life experiences that we can draw tools from that maybe our kids don't, but, um, I, I don't think we can separate the two because it's a, it's, a, it's a parent's job to share a calm with their kid. And if we're not regulated, then our child can't be expected to, to regulate. So I'm seeing it kind of across the board, both the kids and the parents. Um, but the change in um, establishing a sense of regulation within the home has to come from the parent, the person with more life experience in general, just not right. quarantine life. Well, the, the um, kids. So it's across the board kids are always looking up to parents. They're always looking to adults and the older siblings as far as to model their behavior, right? And what's right, what's wrong, what should I do? Um, How to live your life, you know, what what lifestyle choices are you making? What healthy lifestyle choices are you making? And at the same time, which poor lifestyles are you, (laughs) choices are you making? Um, So in terms of, I guess some stress management techniques, like how do, how do you separate right now? Like everyone's stuck in in home together. Like how does, how does, do parents deal with it? How do you typically recommend and how do like kids, you know, obviously having them play is going to be a huge help them as far as stress relief and reducer and everything like that. 
Um, but what do you recommend yeah. typically for both? Yeah. Um, so I do think it's going to have to start with acknowledgement that probably our own minds and health are going to have to be addressed first. Um, there's that saying you can't pour from an empty cup. And so um, we're in this situation where we're quarantined at home. From my personal experience as a mom of young kids and a wife, if I'm not taking care of, and a business owner, if I'm not taking care of my mental health, my physical health, I'm an impatient mom, I'm not present, I'm not a loving wife, I'm a really disorganized <laughs> business owner, it's not my best self. So I think where we have to start is there. We have to start in just observing how we're feeling, um, how we're processing the information around us, and how our kids are processing what's going on. Um, so like self-reflection, is that kind of what you're talking about there? Yeah. Just kind of like recognizing like, you know, am I more irritable? Because I know yeah. that I get like that. Like if, you know, I, if I get hangry, for example, like it's not good, yeah. <laughs> let alone like you're trapped. I'm trapped in the house all day with my wife and love my wife. She's great. But sometimes, yeah, we will right. then start to butt heads just because we like, can't get away and everything like that. So, um, that's right. life is different. So I, I think that mindfulness, like, like you said, just acknowledging that things are different, things are different and things feel different. And even if we're, um, being productive, like, are we engaging meaningfully in the situation that we're in? I think acknowledging that comes first, but then I also think we acknowledge it and then we have to have a plan. So like, there's two things that I can think of that, for me that I'm noticing are like directly impacting my parenting and my relationships right now. And I think one of them is, um, so many things feel out of control. Uh -huh. So taking back a little piece of control for me, it's a morning routine. So instead of feeling like I'm on my heels and I'm reacting to the day, I am taking control of my day and speaking like affirmation over my day of what I want it to look like. Um, and, and just setting a tone of positivity when I have not done that, which let's be honest, more days this quarantine, the days that I have struggled, I have not done that. And yeah. the days that I have, it's a completely different tone, a completely different perspective. Yeah. Um, for sure. So that's one thing that I really encourage parents to do is like carve out that time that's sacred just for you, that you're not responsible for those little people and process what is going on just with you just with you. Yeah. And I think another thing that I'm seeing a lot of with parents of school-aged kids, especially, but I feel and myself and I've got two young kids, I'm sure people without kids are feeling this way. Um, there's so much content to consume and a lot of it's not helpful right now. So right. I've set rules in place for myself and we set rules in place for the kids too, of like what goes in our mind, be careful what our eyes see, be careful what our mind sees. Um, that it is true and that it is helpful. And so I need enough information that's true and helpful to make decisions for myself, my family, and my community. And outside of that right now, there's not a whole lot more that I need. So I don't need to know everybody's opinion in high school about how this is <laughs> impacting them or what you all don't? the emotions. You don't want to know everyone's opinion? opinion. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I, not that I'm saying I don't value their opinions, yeah, but I, right now, protect yeah. my mind and my brain. I just can't consume that content. Or if you're a mom that's trying to navigate or a dad that's trying to navigate homeschooling right now. And Susie on Instagram has all of these <laughs> color coded schedules and is just nailing that homeschool game. 
that's not helpful. It's just not helpful. And so I think that we confuse like the time that we're spending worrying about things as being productive. Like I am such a culprit of that. Like give me all the information so that I'm the most informed, but if it's not true and if it's not helpful, am I really, or am I just spinning my wheels worrying? And if that's the content that I'm putting in and I'm becoming anxious and I'm putting myself in fight or flight, you better believe that that's the day my kid's going to have more tantrums because I'm not present. I'm not available and I'm not paying attention to like yeah. what the powerful thing that I am in charge of right now. And that's yeah. helping our kids learn to navigate this. So I think that's kind of where it starts with, with parents. Um, there's also, I think, Another strategy I think that's really important right now that we would preach whether we are in quarantine or not as therapists for children is establishing flexible routines and finding that balance between you know, Daniel Segal is a child psychiatrist and he talks about um, being in this river, this flow that is our life between a shore of rigidity, which doesn't allow creativity or problem solving or true learning uh -huh. and pure chaos, which isn't good for any of us. Right. And so allowing that beautiful in between to happen. Um, and so I think, um, there's a couple things we can, we can do for that for scheduling for our kids and providing anchors throughout the day. But then between those anchors, um, lots of opportunity to observe the stories that are coming out in their play. I can't, I, I would love to see the kids hands on right now and see the themes that are coming out in their play. Um, and how they're mimicking what we're going through. Yeah. Um, but allowing some anchors in between, in between um, the flexible, the flexible times that the kids can go, no, I know that we do this together as a family. So like in our family right now, we have the privilege of staying home together and staying safe together. And we have, we get to have every single meal together. That's not something we have ever gotten to do. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, is together and so that provides some structure for our day and at those times we've um we've always prayed with our son before he goes to bed but now we're praying breakfast lunch dinner and then bedtime so four times a day our family is together and he doesn't have very many words but he knows now that when we sit down together because we've been doing this um just yesterday i noticed he goes dear god thank you and just that practice of gratitude where he's like 20 months old. That's that awesome. practice of gratitude. We know that like research shows that you can't be joyful without like an active gratitude practice. So really, I think speaking some um, positivity into your home and over your home right now with your kids can be super helpful too. Yeah. And just framing how they're viewing everything. So that's two things that I can think of. I think, you know, taking control of your day and then those flexible, those flexible routines. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And that's awesome that your 20 month old son is already yeah, practicing gratitude and um, that's huge. I, I like to do, so my business coach, every call that we get on, we, the first thing we start off with gratitude. And um, as far as you talked about, uh, oh my gosh, the um, affirmations, sorry. Yeah, yeah. On the word. So the affirmations, um, I read a book by Hale Elrod called the miracle morning. And it talks about Good both morning. of those things. And I don't know if you've read that book at all before, but he okay. talks about starting his day with affirmations, um, silence. So like meditation, uh, mm -hmm. there's reading, there is, um, exercise. Visualization. What was that? 
the visualization and visualization. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the main things start off every morning. And so I've actually, I started practicing all those things, uh, really at the beginning of this quarantine and it definitely makes, I would say a difference in terms of like me getting up and I'm like simply taking five to 10 minutes and like doing some sort of meditation or doing prayer and just, it's a meaningful silence, but that's like that me time to start. Now yeah. I don't have kids. I, I got the wife and uh, two fur children who you saw a bell just, uh, yeah, on my lap. And I'm hoping that she just stays calm and doesn't pee in the house right now. But, uh, <laughs> so like, but that's, that's my five to 10 minutes of, of me time right there. Um, as far as the silence goes and then doing those other things to just get off to a positive mindset and reduce stress because exactly like with what you talked about is taking back control of your life as far as controlling the little bits that you can control is absolutely huge because there's so many things that we can control and you hit on it as far as social media with Susie and her color coded calendar you know, in, in which is her, great for her, but if right. it's stealing your joy or your need to do. Right. And everyone needs cool. to understand too, that like social media, that's literally a glimpse into these people's lives. Yeah. And some people are either going to be so positive and they make your life look like you're doing everything wrong. And you're going to have the other way around where it's like, everything's so negative. And I think we need to just limit like the amount that we try yeah. to process from social media. Like there's, there's good information yeah. and everything like that out there, but at the same time, you just need to be careful with it. Yeah. Just be able to filter it. I think you're right. It just, there, I, I also, I mean, let's give credit where credit's due. I've been so encouraged by social media too, and seeing like the good in humanity right now, but checking in with yourself, I think, and just knowing what your boundaries are. Like, I don't want to do this comparison game and I don't want to see people not loving on other people right now. Like I can't, I don't have the capacity right now, or even, I mean, this is off topic, but like, you'll find me if we're going to have a Netflix day, like we can, I can, this is a me thing. This is just a me (laughs) thing. I can handle office right now. I can't handle Ozark. Like I can't do that right now. So like just being mindful of like how your body and your mind's feeling and like what you're able to do, like what's keeping you healthy and keeping you going. There's nothing wrong with those things, but like now's not the time for me. uh, Yeah. No, absolutely. Everyone, Everyone processes things a little bit different, but season three of Ozark, I gotta tell you what, that was amazing. <laughs> Am I missing out? The, the ending was pretty mind-blowing. That Actually, this is definitely off topic, but as far as Ozark goes, like <laughs> Jess didn't care for season two. She fell off, and then season three I was okay. watching, and she definitely got on board with that. So um, if okay. you can't process it, don't right now, but it's a good thing. Wait until after quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after, after quarantine. You can like save that to your list, you know? Um, okay. What other, uh, do you have any other tips or tricks as far as for, um, reducing stress in the household right now? I think everything you've hit on is excellent information. Sure. I think, you know, that co-regulation piece and, you know, parents have it. We did that this morning, this morning. Um, I'm a small business owner and like, I'm not going to lie and say that things aren't unknown right now or a little bit stressful. And, um, my 20 month old, 
we're, we're both having a moment and like, I needed to tap out in that moment and be like, call my husband, like for backup. And just like knowing that like, there's, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay, but like, it's not okay to stay in a place um, when, when we're aware that we don't make a plan to, to move forward for, on behalf of our kids and for ourselves. Yeah. So um, just knowing, I think, you know, checking in, the, establishing those routines, practicing gratitude, but then just from like an OT standpoint in general, like when we're in that heightened state of fight or flight, like we can't be making good decisions. Um, and so knowing the strategies, and I love sensory strategies, um, cause they work for me. They work for my kids. Um, knowing the strategies that you need for your body to be calm. So right, right now my saving grace is a weighted blanket. Like I love that deep pressure touch. My son loves deep pressure touch. Um, do you hear my dogs now? Yeah. <laughs> Mine's chewing on a bone oh. right next to me. So I'm hoping this isn't getting picked up on audio. So it's all good. <laughs> it's great. Um, the other, there's a couple other sensory strategies too of really engaging in like multi-sensory um, experiences. So arts and crafts may seem silly to us as adults, but it's really, really good just to engage in those leisure activities that use your hands and allow you to get input through your hands. Obviously physical exercise is fantastic. Anything that taps into the proprioceptive system um, with some stretch is gonna be really good at calming that nervous system. Um, cooking right now, like the olfactory, getting the olfactory and the visual and the hands yeah. all involved in the same thing. Um, I just need to be careful on what things. I cook, but yeah. You know, Are you a good cook? I, I can cook some decent things. It, it's more so uh, anything like bad, like, oh, you know, like there, there's cooking like yesterday I made beef and broccoli. Okay. And then, um, which okay. is okay for you, a little bit of sugar in it but um not not too bad but then there's like you know the costco pizza or we're gonna like go all out and i don't know i don't do a ton of baking so i guess i don't have uh i don't have to worry about that so much because i don't really bake too much but yeah i i, I do like cooking but healthy cooking for sure um i'm always looking yeah. for different recipes and stuff yeah i i think it's like now is a time too, where I think people who have kind of put off like experimenting in the kitchen have some, maybe some extra time to do that. If you're doing it with your kids, lower your expectations, like <laughs> lower them. Yeah. Um, but it's a really fun thing for kids to do. And just, I don't know, engaging again, that meaningful and purposeful activity, even if it seems mundane, it's so important. And I, I don't know if you've had any days where like you don't get out of your jammies. I, I don't, oh, yeah. I've had those, I've had oh, those yeah. days and I think that those are fine. But I think if we sustain that, like losing like our self care of like brushing our teeth, taking a shower, not getting dressed, <laughs> like, it's okay to have a, a day here or there doing that. But like, those are literal like occupations that hold our life together. If we give those up, it's, it's a slippery slope of, I think where yeah. we're going to get with our, our mentality of yeah. getting it no, back together when quarantine's lifted. I'm definitely guilty of a couple of days of like, get up, throw on, you know, I'm in sweats and uh, hoodie and yeah, that's it. That I've got a polo on right now and, and like some work clothes, but I did have, um, had a couple patients here today that I, that I worked with. So that's really the only reason I'm dressed like this. Otherwise I'd likely just be in comfort clothes. So um, th yeah, that's all really good. So where can, uh, if someone's got some kiddos and they need some help and everything like that, where can yeah. they find you? What's the best way to contact you? 
Sure. So um, I think going to our website just to get um, some baseline information and kind of explore that way is always a great place to start. We have a video that's kind of like a snapshot, I feel like, of our culture at our clinic that I think has been really helpful for families just to see like what OT and speech therapy are like. So that's paperplanetherapies.com. Um, we're active on social media, on Instagram. Um, we're active on Facebook. Um, and then they are also just welcome to contact us via phone or email. Um, right now, email is probably the best because we're not all in the office. And then I can certainly follow up with them in person. But I think um, anyone who wants to have a conversation, I feel like we are happy to just chat and see, like, is this what's going on? Like, could OT be something that's helpful for you? Um, is there somebody that I'm in contact or that I have a relationship with that might be a better referral source? But I think if you, anyone has any questions at all, um, just that conversation, yeah. awesome. beginning that conversation is a good thing. It doesn't always mean, you know, we're the right fit, but right. it could be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what that phone calls for, right? To determine if you are the right yeah. fit. And then um, you're also doing telehealth visits, correct? We are doing telehealth visits right now. Yep. Yeah. So it's, um, we're a play-based relationship-based clinic. So this is new to us, but it's been really, we've kind of just reframed what we're doing. And a lot of it has been working with parents, which is what we, we love to do anyways, is like empowering the parents to kind of be the therapist. Yeah. But, um, telehealth is a great option right now while we're all, um, spread out from each other and we can't see each other. So I think if anyone's considering services in person services, like start with a telehealth consult and just see if, um, the therapist, the suggestions that they're offering you are in line with like your family values and what your goals are as for, as far as a family. And yeah, I think it's a good, it's a good option right yeah, now. Absolutely. So yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I'm, I've been doing the telehealth as well, trying to do that as much as I can with patients to just mm -hmm. practice social distancing and keeping everyone safe. And it's, uh, it's new for a lot of people. I think it's new for a lot of healthcare workers as well as obviously patients and who need the treatment. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think it's a positive thing and people are still able yeah. to get answers that they're looking for and get sure. it pretty, pretty immediately and from the comfort of their own home. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, is yeah. there anything else you wanted to add in before we wrap up here? I don't think so. I think yeah. just take care of your mind, take care of your heart right now. You know, you're responsible for yourself and your family and um, making good choices for your community. So just, just putting those boundaries in place to keep your mind and your heart healthy and what it needs to be to get through this. Cause it's, it's significant. This oh, yeah. is a big deal for a lot of people. So absolutely. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's been great to catch up. These are some awesome tips. And I think a lot of people are really going to benefit from that. So thanks a lot, Chelsea. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice. Hyperice is offering the Healthy Hustling podcast with Dr. Eric Broadworth listeners a discount on all their products, including the Hypervolt, the Venom 2.0, the hypersphere the mini sphere and the venom series a 15 percent discount simply use the code fuel pt15 that's f-u-e-l-p-t-1-5 at checkout to get a 15 percent discount on those products that is good till through the end of april and then th this episode is also brought to you by the gentleman's box the gentleman's box is 
a men's fashion subscription box company based out of Detroit, Michigan. They offer a premium subscription box service and have a $300 value in their most recent box, all for just $100. And you can use special promo code FUEL, that's F-U-E-L, to get their premium box for just $80. So be sure to check out the gentleman's box if you're into fashion and want to look good. Thanks so much again for listening, and be sure to subscribe to the Healthy Hustling Podcast with Dr. Eric Broadworth on all major podcast channels, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.